Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday on the morning show with Preston Scott, May the 11th, show number 4,699. Over there is Grant Allen in Studio 1A. I am here in Studio 1B. It is a delight to be with you. I am Preston. Day 477 of America held hostage, and um, that will indirectly be a topic today. A lot of things in the news relative to what what the cost of life has become, whether it's buying gas, whether it is uh, getting things at the grocery store, whatever it is that you need, prices are just exploding all over and um, totally unnecessarily. But it is explainable. Still, We start our day with a little verse of scripture, Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. It's a really nice reflection of the Lord's Prayer. And it's so interesting to me. We, We use the Lord's Prayer and sometimes, I mean, you'll hear churches recite it word for word. Okay, I get it. You can't go wrong just quoting God's word, right? But what did Jesus say before he gave the Lord's Prayer? What did he say? He said, pray like this. Like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, amazing, awesome, a remarkable is your name. And I, I've i always been a fan of an old, and I don't know who created it, don't remember. Somewhere in my boxes I have one, but I just, I'm, I know the outline so I don't need it in front of me. But it, it's a breakdown of the Lord's Prayer and it's, It's a guide to help you pray because so many people, when they start praying, they start yawning and because they just, it's work. Prayer is work because it's spiritual warfare on the most fundamental level. And this guide would say, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Takes the kind of the King Jimmy version and breaks it down. And it broke down the different names for God. 
and the attributes of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done, unfold, happen, please, on earth as it is. It's already established. God's will is established in heaven. His perfect will for your life and my life is established. We want that revealed on earth. And forgive us today our mistakes, our sins. And make sure we forgive others. And give us today our daily bread. What? Our, thank you for meeting our needs. He doesn't lead us into temptation. He already delivered us from evil. So why do we pray, deliver us from evil? You know, done. Done. He dusted off evil at the cross when he kicked Satan's butt, defeating the grave. It's his kingdom now and forever and ever. Amen. Use the Lord's Prayer as a guide as you pray, and you will find yourself a prayer warrior eventually. It's like anything else. you got to build up your ability to pray. Ten minutes after the hour, right here on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. NBD Radio Network. It's The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Eleven minutes after the hour. A lot of things to talk about through the course of the broadcast today. We'll get to all that. Big story in the press box. Oof. Yeah, we'll get to that too. May 11th, huh? 1647, Peter Stuyvesant arrives in New Amsterdam to become governor of the Dutch colony. Now, that would be New York. And that is why there is a neighborhood called Bedford Stuyvesant, named after him, going all the way back to uh, 1647, the freaky deaky Dutch. <laughs> 1792, Captain Robert Gray becomes the first white explorer to sail from the into the Columbia River, which he named after his ship. 1858, Minnesota becomes the 32nd state. I wonder if they talked like that. Oh, even back then there? Well, I mean, could you imagine the King James language? S sounding like that? <laughs> thou, art, uh, thou art a really good person there, buddy. <laughs> oh, let me squeeze right past you. <laughs> you have a pop? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, 1947, BF Goodrich Company announces the development of the tubeless tire. Big time. And in 1997, IBM's Deep Blue computer beats world chess champ Gary Kasparov. First time a computer defeats a reigning grand master. And apps were changed forever. Yeah, I was going to say, they've, yeah, I mean, they've slowly programs. taken over. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is, it's really humiliating to get on a, 
a chess app or or computer game and and let it be set at the highest level and get smoked you get crushed yeah you get crushed but you do learn one game of humiliation at a time (laughs) and then the humiliation level just gets a little bit better well i lasted seven moves this time (laughs) i got eight anyway um yesterday i did attend the leon county school board meeting not only was superintendent hannah not there excused absence first time i guess he's missed a meeting in six years Okay, I'm good with that. But Didi Rasmussen is already not showing up to meetings. I mean, she's... I mean, don't you serve out until your your replacement is found? I guess not. The term's not over, correct? You well, no, think. she was... She Remember, she's resigning. Correct, yeah, right. But it's like, well, I mean, do you quit a job and just... No notice? Or do you give them a little time? I just, I was a little disgusted at that. But it was great. My my remarks had to do with the principal at Cobb Middle School. And her suggestion that she's going to violate state law. And um, I will say I definitely had the attention of the chair. I just, I took 15 seconds to agree with teachers that were going up there asking for a little better pay recognition. And I thanked Scott Mazur, who kind of heads up the local teachers union. Scott's a good guy. He's a good teacher. And so from the dais, I thanked him for being a great teacher and hoped that he still was. Talked with him for a few minutes afterwards. But what was sweet is that even though I didn't get to drop the hammer with my final line, which I wrote down at the end, because earlier in the meeting, the chair gave gave permission for people to applaud. You may applaud. I was going to end my remarks with, you may applaud. With a wink and a smile. More in a moment. UFLA. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. Hey, so here we go. And iHeart's radio station. Last night, Leon County School Board meeting. Um, thanks to everybody who goes out and advocates. I, you know, I don't care whether you agree with me or disagree with me. If you disagree with me, you're just wrong. I mean, it's it's not the worst thing in the world to be wrong. Um, no discipline action has been taken that I'm aware of uh, against the principal of Cobb Middle School, and, and there should be. Uh, she should be disciplined, if not removed. Of course, if you get if you get if you're bad at what you do, uh, or if you commit errors in discretion, you get a better job with the county. Uh, I witnessed that last night. That's for certain. I believe, of course, that 
if you don't think, if you're a teacher, an administrator, and you don't think parents have a right, you shouldn't be in education if you don't think parents have a right to be involved. They're, it's their kids. And if you think otherwise, you should not be in education. You, you do not have that privilege. But I then pivoted and reminded everybody in the room and even teachers that their, their salaries, you're all paid for by us, the taxpayers, and your own taxes. You ironically pay for your, a, little, a small portion of your own salary. But that you, you, you need to remember that, that you are paid and compensated your salaries, your benefits by taxpayer dollars. And I might add, money that is not given, money that is taken. But I did end with this. Embrace what a majority of Americans believe is appropriate, or my guess is this community will do two things. One, find people who will work with parents, not against them. And two, continue to take kids out of Leon County schools and move them to private and charter schools, a new cottage industry the leadership of this district is creating. And that's a fact. The number of people fleeing public education across the country, but in Leon County in particular, is growing. Just not having it. So, anyway. Over the weekend, I didn't get to this yesterday or the day before. Over the weekend, this is how it ended the Kentucky Derby. Epicenter and Zozo sit behind them. Cybernet swings up on the outside. Sandon gets the rail run, and they're into the stretch. And it's Messier, Crown Pride, and Epicenter is coming up on the outside. Epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Sandon is coming after him. Epicenter and Sandon, these two strive for stride. Simplification down the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Epicenter's ended. Rich Strike is coming up on the inside. Oh my goodness. The longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. Rich Strike has done it in a stunning, unbelievable upset. Yeah, from the 21 hole. At 21 horses, he was on the far outside, got to the rail at the first turn, makes his way down the back stretch, just up a few horses, but in the back turn, and at the end of the back turn, the jockey, Sonny Leon, made some decisions and guided that horse through holes that did not exist and found himself with some serious speed at the end. That's one of the best track announcers in history, and he never saw him coming. That's how fast and unbelievable it was. You need to look at that and look at the overhead shot of that race. After the race, though, that horse is jacked. That horse still wants to run. So the um, the outrider, Greg Blossy, is there to try to calm him down, slow him down. Well, keep in mind now, this guy just blistered 20 other horses. So when the outrider shows up with his pony... He starts nipping at him. He starts biting the other horse. I saw that. The outrider just starts punching him in the face. Boom, 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 boom. That's what you do. That's what you do to calm the horse, to get him to to calm down. Jockey's got to do an interview. That's the whole point. Keep the horse, the jockey, and uh, the interview safe. But first, the horse and the jockey. But of course... 
People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals said in a statement that it plans to file a complaint against Blasi. Thanks for ruining everything, guys. That that pop in the face is, if you don't know anything about a horse's anatomy, is kind of like a tap on our forehead. Literally, a tap. Not a punch, a tap. Anyway, the outrider did his job. He did it perfectly and brilliantly and, and kept the horse, which, by the way, is now worth millions. And I'll be interested to see what happens at the Belmont in particular. I don't know if this horse, what it's going to do in the Preakness, but at the Belmont where it's so long with the with the end run he just had, wow. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Show with Preston Scott. Who do you think you are? I am. On News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Hey, good morning, and welcome to the morning show with Preston Scott. I'm Preston. That's Grant Allen over there. It's Studio 1A. I'm here at Studio 1B. Here's what's happening in the news. <laughs> there are people that actually do that. It's like they're covering their ear. Old Gary Owens from Laugh-In. Anyway, welcome to the program. It's Wednesday. Michael Austin, Project 21. He's an economist. There will be a theme developing today. Uh, as we go, but the big story in the press box, remember me talking about James Hannah Tubbs back a month or two ago? The name is familiar. Um, We'll go with Hannah Ah. because James changed his name to Hannah. He became the center of controversy earlier this year when she, this is the reporter's, insisting on writing she pled guilty in connection to a 2014 assault on a young girl inside a Denny's restaurant bathroom he was just weeks away from turning 18 so the prosecuting attorney the lead prosecutor Los Angeles County George Gascon George Gascon said he will be prosecuted as a minor and so um he grabbed the girl by the throat 
locked her in a bathroom stall inside the restroom, and we'll just stop there. Pled guilty to the attack last month, though the incident took place when he was two weeks shy of 18, and he then identified as James Edward Tubbs. When they arrested him eight years after the crime, he had been convicted of child molestation and decided to, after his arrest, begin identifying as a woman. And he's been allowed to do that. Because Gascon refused to try him as an adult, he was sentenced to two years in a juvenile facility. Gascon refused to transfer the case to adult court. Well, he has subsequently been charged with first-degree murder in, in, a, in a different county, Kern County, in California. So he will now, he was charged yesterday, it's connected to a 2019 robbery. Well, this is just a high-class fella. Well, if you go deep enough, you realize... This guy has been, first, he was gloating about all of this in a phone call while he was in jail. Probably don't want to brag about committing crimes when you're on the phone line in jail because they record everything. Where they're recording and listening to everything. Right. He'd been, uh, he was accused of of sexually molesting a four-year-old at a California library in 2013 while her mother was browsing books a few aisles over. Good Lord. So there's two things here. Number one, this is the type of person that I I really believe is gaming the system. But the mainstream media insisting on using these pronouns that don't apply. This is his mugshot. It's a dude. That's not even a dude trying to look like a chick. Exactly. That's just a dude with a buzz cut and a beard. This is absurd. And this is the kind of crap filtering into our school system. This gender misidentification nonsense. We've got to say no. Sensei of sensibility, communicator of common sense amplified. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. Newly released notes taken by high level Department of Justice officials during March of 2017. Meeting with FBI leadership exposed some of the links the FBI went to to cover up spying on the 2016 campaign of President Donald Trump. The notes were released by lawyers representing former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman as part of an effort to clear him of charges of having lied to the FBI. The notes, in reality, appeared to do little to exonerate Sussman, but they provide quite a bit of information on the FBI. They panicked. 
These notes indicate that when Trump called out the spying that he was under, they went into a frenzy behind the scenes. This is why John Durham requested this information and why they had to release it. This is brilliant. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. Hey, I'm curious. I've talked about the fact that uh, the price of gas is causing me to look at options. The problem for me is that options for driving, I, I need a bigger vehicle. I need something that my wife and I can drive wherever we drive comfortably, but I need better gas mileage. And so I've been looking around, probably nothing imminent that I'm going to do. I'm just going to suffer for a while, like a lot of you with big SUVs or trucks are suffering. I saw this story, and the Toyota Highlander Hybrid is the biggest family car that gets 35 miles per gallon. The Sienna Hybrid minivan gets 36. The Ford Maverick Hybrid pickup truck shouldn't have been a pickup truck. The Maverick should have been a, a really cool, manly SUV. I'm still waiting for someone to just say, this is for guys. I don't care if it's minivan, SUV. There just needs to be a, a manly, tricked out man van type thing. Man UV. <laughs> and so that, that Maverick hybrid pickup is rated at 37. As far as compact cars, the Toyota Corolla Hybrid gets 52 miles per gallon. Oh, my gosh. 56, the Toyota Prius. But that's not the most fuel-efficient vehicle out there. Who do you think makes it? I, I If if something beats... Not 50, a plug-in. Not a plug-in. Sure. If it beats 56 miles to the gallon, I, I have no idea. It is the Hyundai Ionic. No kidding? Yes, sir. Huh. I tell people about Hyundais, you know. And I tell people, Hyundai is killing it on the innovation side of things. It has a fuel economy rating of 59 miles per gallon. And that means 92 bucks to fill it up every four weeks. Less than a hundred bucks. Base price of twenty four six, one of the most affordable cars on the market, new, and fifty nine miles per gallon. Now that don't confuse the Hyundai Ionic with the Hyundai Ionic five. That's the all electric vehicle. Now the sticker on that, like all electric cars, is up higher. But that one, you know, and 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 look. Electric, cool if you're a commuter. You've heard me. I've argued electric makes no sense if you're driving anywhere on a trip. It just doesn't. But for commuting, cool. That's your thing. Just know what you're getting into to try to charge that bad boy up. That's all I'm saying. Way to go, Hyundai. Come get some. The days when times were good and life was simple, he still lives there. 
The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Yeah, there's a lot to this story that I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm slowly just kind of going through that has been uncovered relative to Trump tweeting out that he knew he was being spied on. The notes that have been turned loose in court reveal that the FBI at the highest levels went into a complete panic. Wow. This is this is big. Well, this this now becomes the big story in the press box. We'll get to that and dig a little deeper next hour. 51 minutes after the hour, it is uh, Wednesday on the morning show. Have the prices at the stores, groceries in particular, caused you to change your eating habits? In some respects, yes. How so? Well, my wife and I were still getting like produce and stuff like that. Fruits, right. veggies, mm-hmm. meats, the essentials. Less just stuff, you know, that typically occupies, you know, like your grab and go kind of stuff. I just don't, I, I don't have that in the house right now. 87% of Americans in a survey acknowledge that they are paying more for groceries now than they were for one, one year ago. Now, first of all, I just kind of laughed at that. You're all paying more. Everybody is paying more at the stores. It doesn't matter who you are. Whether you acknowledge it or not, you're paying more at the store. <laughs> but 87% acknowledge it. That's funny to me. Yeah. That 13. <laughs> it's a hundo, folks. It's a 100%. It's a hundo. Everybody's paying more at the store. But let's go deeper. 64% predict they will be paying even more for groceries a year from now. The survey asked respondents if rising food prices caused them to change their eating habits. 55% said yes. Half of Democrats, 62% of Republicans. Wait a minute. How can that be? Republicans are all rich and wealthy. Why would they change their eating habits? Because after all, Republicans are the evil, rich portion of america aren't they that must be a mistake they are the one (laughs) percent thank you bernie (laughs) 56 percent of independents said that they have uh changed their eating habits survey was april 18 and 19 a thousand adults plus minus three on the on the error factor well, one-third say they have actively had to cut groceries in order to afford gas. Democrats in elected office remain in denial. Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> listen. No, I don't think the public is blaming Democrats. All she, right. She went on to say, I think they're blaming oil companies. 
No, we're not. They will blame all of us if we don't do something about the fossil fuel industry. Oh, my gosh. They've printed, literally printed, trillions of dollars. When you add too much currency to the marketplace, the value of it declines. It is a fact of economic principle. Additionally, they cut our ability. We have refineries now that are shut down and may not ever reopen. We'll do our best. You get get the right people in Congress and they don't muck it up. You get the right person in the White House. Maybe we can start again. Keep in mind, these were the industries that were brought back under Donald Trump. We were energy independent. Now suddenly we are back over, well over $4 a gallon for gas. This is a direct result. It is not COVID. This is 100% the fault of the people making policy. All right, when we come back, What should you be doing about preparing for food shortages? Good morning and welcome to the morning show with Preston Scott. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, hour number two. Yes, I went to the Leon County School Board meeting last night. Yes, I think it would be safe to say that the chairman of the Leon County School Board and I were in visual contact with one another. He stared at me. Thank you, Mr. I am the chairman of the Leon County School Board, and I am Daryl Jones. Great to uh, have your attention. Don't think you heard a word I said, but that's okay. You were at least paying attention to me as opposed to what you do oftentimes during the meeting, and that is be very dismissive of the people at the dais. But I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Not like you had a say in the matter, but I appreciate it. They um, they endured me. but uh, But yes, I did go. And uh, I feel better having gone. Might show up at a few more meetings. I don't know. I, it's just, it's kind of, as I walked out of there, I was kind of like, you know, I could get in the habit of doing this. I could, I could, I could give up a, a, a little bit of extra rest now and then to just go down there and share a thought or two. Get it on the record. Yeah, I might riff, though, next time. Um as opposed to have my notes. Going off the cuff, huh? Yeah, yeah, might do that. Um, I'm just curious. Would you consider yourself to lean towards being someone who would be preparing for the worst? I don't want to use the word prepper. Because prepper has such a negative connotation to people. Right. But are you preparing for scenarios? Whatever they might be. Mm. Power outage. Mm-hmm. Crash of the power grid by EMP. Um, food shortages in particular. I want to focus on food shortages. Are you 
are you and your sweet wife doing anything differently as you're hearing of the likelihood of food shortages and as we're seeing a little bit of an issue here and there? My wife already likes to stock up on stuff. So when she goes to the grocery store, yeah. there's a couple extra things that we're like, hey, throw it in the back of the freezer. <laughs> we'll need it at some point. Are you thinking of even getting another freezer? Uh, we've actually, yes, talked about it. We're, we're like, we're out of space, though. But yes, that is something she would absolutely really want. Yeah, we, we invested in a little bit of a bigger freezer in our garage as, an, as a secondary space. I've toyed with the idea, I don't know where I'd put it, like you, of getting another one, getting a second freezer. But the um, the reality is, is if you set aside all of the, you know, the scenarios out there that are maybe considered a little unlikely, but nonetheless worth preparing for, you still have this this point that you have to encounter and deal with. Every indicator that I've seen says food shortages are going to happen. That oftentimes the consequences of, for example, what's going on with Ukraine, Russia, is not going to be felt immediately. It will be felt in the months and year following everything from the cost of fertilizer and what that does to american farmers to the cost of of flour because of the wheat that's lost china claims i don't know claims they've had the worst wheat production in in decades i don't know you don't know I don't know. Maybe they have just decided, well, we're just keeping all of our own wheat. We're not selling any. Okay. Certainly within their purview to do, they're they're not a consumer nation. They're they are a production nation. They they can't consume what they produce, but whatever. So what should you do? We'll give you some tips next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Morning show with Preston Scott. This is the way. On News Radio 100.7 WFLA. 
my blog page, Mike Norvell talks about uh, other teams poaching. Apparently, it's a problem. I've seen a number of coaches say, like, hey, this might be going on, or this is going on. Well, we knew the name, image, and likeness thing was going to be a, a portal to cheat. We knew it. You combine that with the the transfer portal and how it's set up right now. And I'm not saying, like, we need to go back to anything. I'm just saying, in the environment of college football right yeah. now, anyone can transfer, no wait time, with the name, image, likeness, money, millions of dollars being exchanged. It's just like the Wild West right now. Yeah, it's... Uh, anyway, the interview that that he did on uh, the ACC Network... Um, is is on my blog page. You can check it out. Also, Mark Rober, my favorite genius, has uh, has done the unthinkable. He is he has tracked down phone scammers to their headquarters in India and infiltrated their offices with some of the greatest pranks ever. It's just it's epic. You got to see it. It's a twenty five minute video that is worth every single second to watch. So that's on my blog page. So just check it out. WFLAFM.com slash Preston is, uh, is where you go. So you're, <clears throat> maybe you're on a limited income. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But, you know, here's what you have to fight. You have no need to buy anything in panic mode right now. We are not facing imminent shortages right this second. You might see something run out if someone's running a sale. They're on a lot of sales. But if someone is, might be gone. There might be some bogos that things just go and out the door. By and large, I've found the grocery store shelves to be fairly stocked. So what you do is you start by writing out a menu or two. Don't just buy stuff. Because you might buy stuff, Grant was alluding to this, that you don't need. Need is the important word. So the advice here from professionals, I'm not one of them. I just use common sense. But the advice is write down a menu. Maybe it's for two weeks and double it. Acquire the extra and put it on shelves. Put it in the freezer. Do whatever you need to do to slowly expand your ability to have a backup. How long? Well, that's up to you. But if you have the ability and you... Think about what I've said about just in in joking, but it it is a fact for, for me. I start buying Christmas gifts in July. Why do I do that? I do that to allow my budget to more easily absorb the cost. Well, you shouldn't be spending that much. Well, that's up to you. I do what I want. And 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 what I do, whether I spend a little or a lot. It still is wise budgeting, right? I think the same approach when it comes to food. Buy a few extra canned goods here. For example, you see some soups that are buy one, get one. Get a couple cans of your favorite soup. One's free. 
beans, corn, whatever it might, oatmeal, canned goods, non-perishable items, get them when they're available, and all of a sudden, you have a stockpile. And you've done it incrementally without banging your budget all to pieces. FLA on your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. This is crazy! And iHeart's radio station. Listener wrote in. Preston at iHeartRadio.com. Learn the difference between need and want. Absolutely. You know what's so interesting? Is if you just sort of focused on that, you'd also lose weight. I'm just, I'm being honest. You would. You know, I, I, I have learned a lot in the dropping and remaining uh, at the lower weight for the last year, I stopped my um, my program that I paid $115 to be part of, Psychological Approach to Weight Loss, dropped 30 pounds a year ago, stopped the program in May. I'm, I'm here now in May, and I've kept the 30 pounds off. And my weight goes up a few pounds, and then it drops a few pounds. And then it goes up a few pounds, and it drops a few pounds. And that's life. And I don't stress about it. I don't worry about it. I don't go into a, <gasps> don't eat for five days. No. No, I just, the the flow of my life is such that I know that there's certain times of the week that I'm going to eat a little bit more. And I know that I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be working outside. I'm going to be out on the golf course. And I'm going to drop pounds when I do those things. And it all just works out. But um, learning between needs and wants is a great lesson for all of us. You know, I've talked to I don't know how many business owners in the last few months. And I normally just poke and prod a little bit to kind of figure out how they're handling things. And I mentioned, I think I said something a couple weeks ago about the fact that business owners raise their prices by this much. We were looking at the consumer price index and then the uh, there was there's like a business price index for lay, lay purposes. And we talked about the difference. Consumer price index was up this percentage. Well, the business price, you know, the prices that businesses pay for things is up this much. And what we learned is that businesses are paying more for their stuff, but they're not charging us the same amount that they're, that they're paying as an increase. In other words, prices are up, yes, but it could be worse. And it makes sense. Businesses are hesitant to raise prices. They try everything to avoid it even if it eats away at their margins. But you get to a point, and this is Economics 101, and I could sit and tell this to young people, and it would just, light bulbs would go off all over the place. 
because they don't understand the difference between signing the back of a check and signing the front of it. They don't understand. Most people don't really understand the way it works. And that if if you continually demand more wages, and in some places it's perfectly justifiable and reasonable, but the fact of the matter is that should be the marketplace doing it, not government forcing it. And as government has gotten into the mix of, of manipulating wages, we're seeing inflation kick the crap out of those wage increases. And I told you that before we ever got to any of this pricing stuff, before we ever got to any of this COVID stuff, when we were talking about the minimum wage increase in Florida, I was giving you lessons. I was begging for groups to, to ask me to come. I'll talk to your employees or, or, or go and, and, and download this YouTube clip that explains how an economy works. Show it to your employees so they don't vote for this because they're going to eventually cut their own job. And that's exactly what's happened. Everything I tried to tell you about how an economy works is happening as we speak. Wages have been artificially pushed up. Ergo, prices are up. And now more and more businesses, 40% of small businesses have increased their prices by 10% or more, 47% are looking at price hikes between 4 and 9%. That's 87%. And we're just scratching the surface of where this is going to have to go. Because the only way you can keep people employed is to raise prices. But prices will get to a point where people can't afford those goods so they don't buy that stuff. So what happens? To afford the workforce, they have to cut it. And that's where the entry-level workers that were, were supposedly trying to make sure they get a living wage, they're stuck without a job. That's the lesson of an economy. This decades of doing morning drive radio differently. Doing it his way. Like old blue eyes. Except he has a little more hair. The Morning Show with Preston Scott. All right, the big story in the press box has been adjusted. Lead story was... A trans child molester, James Hannah Tubbs, he decided he would transition after he got arrested. Now he's been charged with a murder. My, my issues are obvious. Number one, we're trying to make this kind of aberrant behavior turning into a sex that you're not because you just feel like it. Normal. And that's why it matters in our public schools. And that's why there's a parental rights and education law, which I pointed out to the school board last night. It is a law. It is no longer a bill. It is a law. And the chair of the school board, along with a principal, are still employed, even though they are advocating breaking the law. Now, that's a problem. 
I fundamentally have a problem with that. Then there's the reporters in this particular story insisting on calling him a she. Now, if you want to refer to him as Hannah, that's fine. That's People have all kinds of names that are different. My name's different, Preston. How many Prestons do you know? Probably not a lot. So if he wants to call himself Hannah, Biff, Fred, Bill, Jolette, Raquel, I don't care. But his pronouns are not up for, for discussion. He's a dude. And he should be referred to as a dude by reporters. The new big story. The new Justice Department of Justice notes reveal. New only because they've just now been discovered and revealed. FBI panic after Trump tweeted he knew he was being spied on. The meeting at which notes were taken took place two days after Trump's March 4th tweet in which he accused former President Barack Obama of having wiretapped Trump Tower. Trump's tweet panicked FBI leadership who were unsure how much Trump knew about their efforts to tie him up with the Russia collusion allegations. Short version, they spent the next several days back and forth, and this is corroborated in documents now in front of a court. They went nuts trying to figure out and cover their tracks. This is the Federal Bureau of Investigation having to cover their tracks because they were spying on a candidate running for re-election who was then the sitting president of the United States. Sorry, at that time he was not. He was running for office. My mistake. Think about that for just a second. They're supposed to be the good guys. And the fact is, there are some good guys, good gals. There are good people that work for the feds. But this sullies all of it. How much trust do you have in the FBI knowing what you're know, learning right now? They, they, This is their stuff. These are their memos. These are their emails. Sidebar story. The group that is behind some of these protests on Roe v. Wade is known as Ruth Sent Us. They tweeted last week on Twitter, stuff your rosaries and your weaponized prayer. We will remain outraged after this weekend, so keep praying. We'll be burning the Eucharist to show our disgust for the abuse Catholic churches have condoned for centuries. Isn't it interesting? The guy who founded that group is a guy named Sam Spiegel who tweeted previously, lies and cruelty are not political opinions. If you support Trump today, you're a Nazi. Should be run out of polite society. He's the one that supported the idea of harassing cabinet members in crowds and so forth. How is that not hate speech? How is any of this not hate speech? Trump tweets out, the FBI is spying on me, and bam! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. From the spin, don't know what to believe? Clear the fog. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Elon Musk has announced that um, once he's in charge at Twitter, he might be temporarily the CEO, but that uh, Donald Trump's account will not long will no longer be suspended. Now Trump said he's not coming back, and that's fine. He's got his own social media thing going. Cool. But the gesture matters. The message matters. And these are examples of things that were just, how's that not hate speech? How is it not hate speech now, what they're, what they're tweeting out? And that's why we have a problem with Twitter and Facebook and these social media outlets. Because it's one-sided. Whoopi Goldberg, and this is this this is a continuation of the theme. Whoopi Goldberg defending Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who said, and I quote, to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. Sounds a lot like insurrection to me. Well, that's a literal call to arms. Literally. Yep. I mean, if we're going to suggest that Donald Trump's comments of let's go walk down to the Capitol and encourage the weaker members of the Republican Party to be bold, if that somehow is a call to insurrection... What the heck is this? Goldberg said, I think that Lori, when she says call to arms, that's something that we in the 60s know what that means. That doesn't mean go and do any fighting. That means pay pay attention. Make sure you're there voting, doing what you need to do. Now, you know what? I don't disagree. But that's not the way it works on the other side. You don't get to, I mean, I know exactly what Donald Trump meant. I know exactly what he meant. I know exactly what he meant when he said there were good people on both sides. Because I know the context. So does anybody who who cares to know the truth and listen to the speech. 
they know the context as well. But that's not what 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 those people did. They parsed it all out. No, 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 no. Lori Lightfoot said, call to arms, which, oh, by the way, in Chicago is not to be taken lightly because there's guns everywhere. <laughs> and most of the guns are in the hands of people that shouldn't have them, that are not allowed to have them by law. I'm just saying, that's fact. Ask the dude that got shot and is fighting for his life in Lincoln Park. Just saying. So this hypocrisy shows itself time and again. And if you're a rational person with any sense of north on your compass, you have to see this. And you have to make choices about what you're going to have influence your thought processes based on these things. We come back, Tom Brady has got himself a nice career after his career. We'll talk about what the uh, the details are. And, and I wonder what my dad would think. Would he be proud of the type of trail he blazed for broadcasters and people like my dad? We'll talk about that next. Wherever you may be, from Florida's Sunshine State to New York's, uh, forget New York. Nah, scratch that. New York's now hopeless. At least the city is. Uh, for the rest, uh, we're your morning show. The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Morning Show with Preston Scott. Good morning. I'm Preston. That's Grant. Michael Austin, just a little bit from Project 21. He's an economist. We'll talk about the shrinking job force. What's going on? Unemployment's low, but workers are leaving the workforce, which explains it in part. It doesn't make sense. I'm still trying to get my arms around it. Anyway, one guy who doesn't have to worry about being unemployed is Tom Brady. Tom Terrific not only decided, I still want to play football. And I don't blame him. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't shocked when he did the 180. He has been relatively injury-free his entire career. Life is good. Why not? Why not just keep doing what you're really good at? He's never had the strongest arm. He's never been the most accurate of putting passes in tight windows. He's just been the best. He wins. And for all those years, he was in a system that contributed to that. Belichick doesn't win without Brady, and quite candidly, Brady doesn't win without Belichick. They, they, they just It was a perfect synergy. Then Brady goes off to Tampa, wins there. Awesome. So why not come back and play? But he has signed a deal... Fox has tried to figure out what they're going to do with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman bolting for ESPN. Good for them. Happy for them. ESPN finally gets a bet. Even though Steve Levy did a good job. Steve is a good broadcaster. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, 
arguably the tandem of choice out there. So Fox is trying to figure it out, and they've signed Tom Brady to be the lead analyst whenever he's ready. Whenever that starts, he has signed a 10-year, $375 million contract. I don't know how you afford to pay an analyst that kind of money. Which is obviously more money than he's making playing football. Yes. By a long shot. I, I, I just, and so the, the word is he's going to be teamed with Kevin Burkhart. And Kevin's a good broadcaster. Kevin's, Kevin's very competent. And see, I, you got to remember, I'm, I'm the son of a sportscaster that, that believed that the broadcaster is not supposed to be the thing. And so, you know what? I think I just gave Kevin Burkhart a great compliment. He's a good, competent broadcaster. Does his research, doesn't try to overhype the game. Unlike Kevin Harlan. (laughs) And others, Marv Albert for years, Brent Musburger. There are a lot of them. But there's some good announcers out there that just are professional. I would I would personally love to hear Tom Brady dissect a game because he's clearly good at it. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. And 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 he's very articulate. So I think I think he's going to be a wonderful analyst. But I got to thinking when my dad was at the height of his career, Pat Summerall was his Tom Brady or Troy Aikman. It was my dad and Pat. And I think at the top of my dad's career, he might have been pulling down 350000 a year back in the 70s. It's good money. Back in the 70s, big money. It's good money now. Well, sure it is. 10 years, $375 million. Sheesh. I, I, just, I just wonder what my dad would think. Knowing him, he was a pro-union guy. I think his approach would be good for them. I think he would shake his head, wipe his forehead, like, oh my goodness, wow, and then go, well, good for them. But what I also wonder is, would he be proud the way that a former NFL player is proud to see the contracts these guys are signing to play football that they paved away? Would my dad be proud of his role in the growth of the NFL on television? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because he was one of a handful of people that helped make it happen. I don't know. Sure is fun to think about, though. Third hour of the morning show is next. Safety. Today's program has kind of uh, taken on a theme. We've been talking about the economy today, talking about how people have changed their eating habits because of inflation and the prices at the grocery store, talked about how to kind of navigate what are likely to be some shortages at the store. I want to dig a little deeper into the economy, though. I think a lot of us are puzzled. We see so many signs on doors saying help wanted. So many people in the trades, business owners that I've talked to for months, scratching their head trying to figure out how in the world they find workers that want to work. And so we're going to get some insight from an economist. Um, Joining us is Michael Austin. He's with Project 21. We've had guests from Project 21 on this show for years. He's president of Knowledge and Decisions Economic Consulting. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, Preston. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So what do you make of all of these signs and windows? Well, I think it's a, a sign of what? They call it build back never instead of build back better. I think this April jobs report is an unfortunate example of Americans paying more but getting less. It's the first sign of a shrinking labor force. People are just not available to fill those jobs. And when you couple that with investors worried about the economy, I think it's a sign a small a recession could be on the way. You know, I, I looked at a CNBC story, and they're, they're basically just saying that workers are not coming back to the workforce, that the unemployment number might be a little bit misleading. Do you concur? Uh, I do. Unfortunately, it's the law of unintended consequences. You know, the past two years, we've seen unprecedented amount of government intervention that has led to all these different types of effects. You talk about the stimulus checks. You talk about the unemployment bonuses. We had serious trouble with all these mandates, keeping people away from working. And now that we've been doing this for almost two years, I, I'm sorry to say, people seem to be comfortable. Um, and they seem to be comfortable not having to go back to work. And now we're seeing it in our employment numbers. So what, for example, if, if a business picks up the phone and calls you, Michael, and says, okay, help me figure out what I need to do in response to this, what is a small picture and a big picture response? Well, the small picture is, is can that business provide a wage that is advantageous, is, is better than what they're getting staying at home? Um, remember, you know, under Joe Biden, there's a child tax credit. There are still unemployment bonuses that are still out there. There are still, you know, residual leftover from stimulus checks. Those are all, you know, uh, money that businesses have to compete against in order to bring somebody out 
you know, out of their house and back into work. And in the longer picture, what we're seeing here is that the labor force is shrinking. This is by the amount of Americans either working or looking for work. It's gone down by about 350,000. So, you know, when, when you think about it that way, not only does that mean there's employment trouble, but it also means that there are going to be fewer goods on the shelves at stores. Tell me if I'm looking at, an, at at these two numbers correctly, because you know far better than me. And for those of you just joining us, Michael Austin with Project 21 is an economist. If if the government tells us that 428,000 jobs were created in a- April, but 353 Americans left the workforce, is that kind of a net loss of almost eight? I mean, a net series of openings of almost 800,000? Now, I, I don't want to get too technical because the, the, these come from two different surveys. The okay. jobs numbers, that 428 comes from one survey. The 350 from the labor force come from another survey. But they are moving in the opposite direction. And that's right. not really supposed to happen. They're supposed to move together. So while I won't say for sure that that's a, a, a net zero, I will say it's definitely a a sign of troubling times ahead if that doesn't correct itself um then unfortunately we could see some signs of disaster in the future michael austin's going to stay with us another segment we're going to start talking about the dynamics of wages and what that does to a business i've been trying to explain it to you people since we started to get into the whole minimum wage debate and the living wage the change in the lexicon we'll keep talking with michael austin my guest from project 21 on the morning show with preston scott of doing morning drive radio differently doing it his way like all blue eyes except he's not one of the great decomposers you know he's not six feet under <laughs> the morning show with preston scott 11 minutes after the hour here on the morning show talking with michael austin economist with uh, project 21 michael how much of what we're dealing with right now is a direct result of COVID? And regardless of who's at fault for the shutdowns in various sectors, simply put COVID. And how much of it is policy regulatory driven by what's going on in the White House? Well, I would say almost all of it has its ties back to the regulatory environment from the Biden administration. That's unfortunately is just par for the course. You know, uh, Biden wants businesses to grow, but at the same time, he's an enemy of businesses. And so it's really reflected in his regulations. In terms of the COVID effect, I would say, you know, while that's most certainly true, there are Americans who want to stay home because they're afraid of, you know, getting COVID under another outbreak. Um, I would say that's more localized. You know, you'll want, you'll see that more in particular areas of the country. It wouldn't be the whole swath, you know, of the U.S. But I think the real danger here is the fact that, you know, wages are only growing so much, and yet they're being eclipsed by inflation, which means that people's real wages, their their real consumption of goods and services is falling. Michael, I, man, I was, I was arguing with people. I live in Florida. We're based here in Florida. And we now have a constitutional amendment mandating a $15 minimum wage going up a dollar every year until it reaches 15 But then it's locked in perpetuity to the consumer price index. And it can't ever go down. It can only go up. And so I beg people to try to get their mind around the fact that this is going to hurt the very people it's supposed to help. What are your thoughts on this artificial push on wages 
and what it's doing now. And you just mentioned the, the inflation stripping the buying power that might be generated from people making more money. You know, it's two things. One, uh, uh, the real minimum wage is not $15. The real minimum wage is zero. That's the wage that you pay when you don't get a job. So it doesn't matter how much we, we mandate these businesses uh, uh, pay you know, workers. The fact of the matter is it's still up to the business whether they're going to hire you or not. And if, you're, and if you're forcing that cost to be higher for, let's say, an un, unskilled worker, then you're basically telling that person, I can't give you a job. Right. And that leads me to that, my second point, right, which is that forcing a minimum wage hike is basically discrimination against unskilled workers. Um, I remember back, of course, getting my first job. It was at a Best Buy. And uh, it was well below the $15 an hour. And guess what? The amount of work that I put into that job, being a high school student, a freshman high school student, I deserve to be paid much less. So, you know, um, I wouldn't have gotten the chance. I wouldn't have gotten a chance to have my first job if it wasn't for being paid below that $15 or even close to minimum wage. How do you account for the fact that so many wage earners don't understand that reality, that if, for example, everybody just tomorrow gets $25 an hour, no matter what they're doing for a living, the prices are going to go up because the cost of labor causes businesses to raise prices and their buying power is negated by price increases. Yes, well, that's what inflation really is, right? Inflation is a tax on the working class. And so when we see it happening from the Federal Reserve, printing so much money, right. um, it eventually trickles down to, you know, the average Joe and Janes out there who are just trying to make ends meet. But, you know, it's this culture that the left is pushing where it's all about, I got mine. I don't care whether you've gotten yours. It's all about, I want my share of the pie instead of growing the pie. And clearly there are signs out there that you know, the one you act this way, you know, you're basically trading, you know, the well-being of Americans for the loss of a well-being for other Americans. Michael, last question. When Barack Obama took office, he famously said that there were certain jobs, certain industries that were just going to go away. Manufacturing was among those things. And that Donald Trump would have to wave some magic wand. Well, apparently, Donald Trump waved the magic wand because a bunch of those manufacturing jobs, a bunch of that money that had left the country came back. Has the damage been done to the extent that whatever happens in the midterms, whatever happens in 2024, do we have irreparable damage to the economy now? No, we don't. Um, what bloated government got us into this mess? Fixing or limiting that bloated government will get us out. Meaning, you know, come the midterms or let's say come 2024, all we really need is a government that, you know, wants to allow businesses to operate and grow freely. Uh, when you do that, you know, it solves the vast majority of the problems that we're seeing today. You know, the, the, the issues with inflation, the issues with the economy don't come from businesses or, or from, you know, the America American labor force. It really comes from government imposing its will when there are so many other plans that would have solved these problems to a better extent. Once we get government out of the way, we can come back and grow again. Michael, your first visit here on The Morning Show is kind of like that guy that gets the at-bat for the first time ever at Yankee Stadium and hits a walk-off, game-winning, three-run homer. You killed it. Well done. <laughs> Thanks, Preston. It was great to be here. Thanks very much for being on the program. Michael Austin with us from Project 21, our guest on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WFLA at WFLAFM.com. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. And iHeart's radio station. came across a story here, one of the uh, research assistants for the program, as well as a lead research assistant for the show. Got this in front of me. Rhode Island parents enraged at school board for removing honors classes in equity obsession. Barrington, Rhode Island. Apparently, public schools are among the best in the state, if not the nation. Parents moved to the district to tolerate the higher taxes because of the academic rigor that sets their children up for attending Ivy League schools or receiving academic merit scholarships. However, all that academic appeal is being chipped away after the district brought in a so-called equity and inclusion agenda. If, If anyone ever hires an equity and inclusion office or officer, your alarm bells should be going off. Yeah, um... Guy who uh, has lived in in Barrington, Bill Jacobson, founder of Legal Insurrection, said deleveling is part of an agenda equalizing outcomes. This equal results approach stems from critical race theory and diversity, equity, and inclusion, which posit that unequal outcomes are the result of systemic bias and discrimination. Equity, in particular, is the code word for bringing high achievers down to equalize outcomes. Equity has become an unhealthy obsession. And parents are seeing the impact. And so at this school board meeting, the, the, the school board got torched, just torched for what it's doing. And it tried to hide it under, well, this is what a consultant said we should do. It's not our idea. And see, th- this, this dovetails so perfectly with what's gone wrong in public education. And if I'm a black American, I am livid and here's the thing a bunch of black americans are they are angry at the coddling of their children they are angry at the insult that this extends to them that somehow they just they're not able to intellectually compete on a level playing field so we need to we need to we need to make things a little bit more fair and equitable It is something that we've talked about for years as it relates to Florida A&M University and why it constantly had itself in trouble. Now, things are greatly improved. But I talked about it for 12, 15 years. And it's called the law of diminished expectations. When you don't hold high expectations and you lower them, that's what you'll get. You will get lower outcomes. You will get lower outcomes 
than if you had high expectations and you have a group of students that are not quite hitting them. They're not there. They're trying hard, but they're not there. Wherever they are will be higher and better than the lowered expectation. But what they'll learn is, I need to work harder. I need to, I need to spend more time. It's like we played that thing from Michaela, the school in the UK. This lady just got fed up with public education, so she said, forget it. I'll do it myself. She started her own school, and it is a raging success. When she was asked about disciplining the kids for not having their, their, their things for schoolwork, that seems a little harsh. She said, no, it's not, because they all come to, work, come to school prepared to work. She has detention for students that do not bring their pencils, pens, paper, notebooks, and computers or tablets or whatever. Detention for forgetting something. Her point, they don't forget. What a novel idea. This is the MAD Radio Network, where we challenge you to make a difference in your world. The Morning Show, Preston Scott. Price of diesel up over $2 from a year ago. $2 a gallon. That That is a climb of roughly 66%. Consumer price index up 8.3%, I think I heard. Hotter than expected. Hot is not good. Hot is bad. Wow. I just... I just sit back and I just think to myself, if only... Enough of you had done the right thing and voted with your head instead of your... Your, your emotions. It still might come down to that this, this next time around. It might. Would some of you really continue to doom this country because you don't like him? I use this argument a lot. Give me the arrogant, brash, brilliant brain surgeon over the really nice guy who's questionable in his abilities. The fact of the matter is, I'm not, I'm not sure that, that anyone's really ready for what awaits whoever wins the presidential race of 2024 if they're a Republican. What I know is Trump doesn't care. And when you consider how just fallen we are as a culture right now, especially as it's revealed in Washington, and again, 
My theory is we are who we elect. Washington is just a representation of us. You need someone kind of like Trump. But I'm very content with letting that primary process sort itself out. Big story in the press box, the revelation that there are now discovered notes, emails, internal documents from the FBI. It's been uncovered in court filings. They were spying on on candidate Donald Trump. They were attempting to derail his ability to win election because they didn't like him because he was an outsider. And when he realized he was being wiretapped, he blamed it on the Obama administration. And in reality, I guess that's true because it was his administration running the Bureau, uh, the, the Federal Bureau of Investigation at the time. So I guess that's a fair comment. It's a fair accusation. But he was being spied on. And when he called it out on a Twitter post, the FBI freaked. And all of this has been discovered in the trial of Michael Sussman in, in discovery and pretrial filings. All this information's coming out. Sussman worked for the Clinton campaign. He lied to the FBI. And these documents are being released trying to suggest, well, he didn't do anything wrong. It was them who didn't know. He lied to the FBI. But the FBI was engaged in covert actions against a candidate for the White House. And the email after Trump tweeted the memorandums, the internal documents that floated in the wake of Trump discovering that he was being tapped and spied on is as incriminating as, as you could imagine. And some of you can imagine pretty big. <laughs> I know, I get your emails. So that's the big story in the press box. The FBI has been caught and uncovered. Now what? Morning show with Preston Scott. I'm your Huckleberry. On News Radio 100.7, WFLA. Forty-one minutes after the hour, we, we've talked about going to a Barrett Jackson or a Meekum auction. Would you, if you just, if you happen to be at a stage in life where you could afford to go to an auction and buy a car? Question one: What do you think a reasonable a reasonable budget would be for someone like you or me, where? It's not like outrageous. See, to me, that's like twenty twenty five grand. I was I was thinking around there. Yeah. So you're with me on that number. Yeah, I'd say yeah for sure. Have you ever done any pricing on what you could afford? Maybe no. I'm I, always fascinated when I watch these auctions at what goes at what price. Yeah. And I think to myself, oh man, I could have bought something like that. <laughs> right. Right. Now, what would you what would you lean towards? Would you lean towards like a classic 30s, 40s, 50s kind of, you know, old school kind of, you know, sure. re fully restored type thing? 
or would you go for something like a Mustang or a Corvette kind of? Yeah, something. I mean, yeah, you might be struggling to find a, a vet, but you get my point. What yeah. would you lean towards? Uh, probably the classic stuff. I love, I love the fifties, massive body, yeah, white wall tires. Mm-hmm. Get one of those old Bel Airs or Oldsmobiles, convertible or hardtop. Hardtop, probably. Don't and want the hassle of the convertible. Probably not. But that would like those 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 old cars from like the fifties era, resto mod, one that's restored but has some modern conveniences, has the nice radio, has the air conditioning system, transmission, good engine, um, or original. Um, I I mean, I I guess I don't know enough, but I guess maybe put myself in the purist camp. Like okay, keep- and see that's what my guess would be that. Yeah, I think it'd if be it really cool. If it didn't have cool. air conditioning then, I don't want it now. I think it'd be cool regardless. If it did have some restored things on it, okay. But like the the unicorn kind of fascination of, oh man, this is unchanged for 70 years. And Other than maybe new seat covers and yes. you know the restoration part. Yes. A new steering wheel. Sure. None of the old grime. Yeah. All right, but, now. Yeah. Now, my next question. Okay. Would it matter who owned the car before you? No. I what if it was that. a drug dealer? Is it used in a crime? Not necessarily, but obtained by profits from crime. Hey, even, you know, hey. th- a lot of things can be redeemed. Just saying, right? The Northwestern District Attorney's Office seized a bunch of cars from a guy named Corey Taylor. Police found him with 138 pounds of weed in a van he was driving during a routine stop in 2020. The investigation found out that he um, he was running a massive drug operation. And he used the proceeds to purchase two dozen classic sports cars from the 90s and early 2000s. Weapons, over $4 million in cash, were also discovered at his two properties that he owned in New Salem and Holyoke. Now, among the cars that are now 29 of the 37 cars seized are now at Stanley Payne Auctioneers. 13 are examples of fourth-generation Toyota Supras made famous by the movies Fast and Furious. Oh, wow. One custom Supra that was used in the film at, was auctioned last year not one of these cars, but like it, for $550,000. A customer uh, Supra with 7,000 miles was auctioned later for a non-film car at $200,000. Now, bidding is underway online right now, and you can probably look it up by um, finally finding Stanley J. Payne Auctioneers. But as of right now, for example, a 1996 Supra with 22,962 miles is up to $170,000, a 97 up to 155, a 93 up to 130. Supras are the most highly sought after cars at the auction, but there are BMW M3s, a pair of Honda S2000s, a Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution and a Nissan 350Z. So you'd buy uh, you'd buy this dude's uh, auction vehicles if you were interested. 
Yeah. Not your style. I get that. But that no, would Nor the budget, but sure. Yeah, the budget is certainly yeah. a breaker there. But um, anyway, yeah, that's why I, I record those those auctions because I'm fascinated to see because I still, one day, I'd love to, one day, it'd be fun to do. This very radio program, Steve Stewart, Tallahassee reports. See if Steve's going to do a cover story on my speech to the Leon County School Board last night. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) You missed the first part of the show last night. They did a lot of little presentations that were just, that were fine. A lot of people, obviously, there are a lot of people that really do try to support the schools as well they should do all you can to be a be a help and so there were a lot of presentations last night daryl jones the chair of the leon county school board is presiding and at one point he's he says you may applaud <laughs> we we're in the overflow room because they have all these people doing these presentations so the main room is full because they're guests and and so as they leave, then the, then the overflow room wanders on in there. And so I wrote down a note. And I, you know, we had a table full of people that listened to the show or were there supporting, you know, their own cause or, or me. And that was a lot of fun. Met some, met some great people last night. But I made a note at the end of my remarks and I just, I didn't get a chance to deliver it because I ran out of time. And boy, when they give you the time, it's over. They don't give you a grace period of 10 or 15 seconds. You're done. Time. Well, okay then. So I'd taken up a few extra seconds reminding teachers that I'd been advocating for better teacher pay for 20 years and then made my remarks. So by making my statement i robbed myself of a 15 second cushion that i needed because i timed it out pretty well and so i got to the end and, and i'd written one line because i knew there was a chance that i would just need this a little bit more time and my time was i was going to end with leon county school board and the superintendent creating a cottage industry and the cottage industry is flight from the public school system and charter schools They've been a boon for the business of private schools and charter schools. So if there's a plus out of all of the poorly run school system, it's that. And so I was going to end and go, you may applaud. <laughs> and I was going to smile and wink at at at, uh, at at Jones, the chairman. Would have gone over like a lead balloon. No, it would have been brilliant people would have laughed it it would have been epically good i just didn't get it done so uh for that i i feel very badly for all of you who missed a laugh a chance at a laugh but uh my thanks to uh, all of you who went out there whatever you spoke on congratulations for getting out there and caring enough to speak i don't care if i agree with you i'm gonna commend you for advocating there was somebody a teacher that was advocating for better pay and she clearly is a member of the LGBTQ 
community. She wore a t-shirt to that effect. That's cool. Whatever. But she advocated for a cause that she believed in. Good for you. That's what you do. Well done. Brought to you by Barino Heating and Air. It's the Morning Show 180 on WFLA. Big story in the press box. Court documents show the FBI was spying on the president and tried to cover their tracks. Just saying. He was spying on him when he was a candidate. What they did was wrong. A California trans child molester, James Hanna Tubbs, has now been charged with first-degree murder in another case. Michael Austin joined us from Project 21. We talked about the fact that the unemployment number is down, but why are so many people falling out of the labor force? They're just not looking. Covered a lot of other ground. Tomorrow, busy show. I hope you make plans to join us. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.